Hey guys, what's up? And welcome to another episode of Gay Side Stories, where the gay shit goes. I, of course, am your host, Trillificent. Thank you so much for joining me for another week. You could be listening to any podcast, but you are taking the time to listen to this one. And I really, really do appreciate you guys. I love you for supporting me and being here and lending me your ears speaking of if you are not already please make sure that you are subscribed to this show you can do so on spotify apple podcast iHeartRadio, soundcloud whatever podcast app you prefer such as overcast or you can go over to gaysidestories.com slash shows and listen to this episode in all episodes Remember to use the hashtag GaySidePod when you are live tweeting or posting about the show. If you hear something that you like or something that gets your motor running and you want to start some discourse, then use that hashtag. That way people can find it. I can see it easily and we can hopefully get a dialogue started. Who knows? Also, make sure you use the hashtag pods by QPOC when you tweet about the show or post about the show. It just helps people find other shows, including this one, that are led by queer people of color. This episode, I think we're going to file under growth. (laughs) Growth and emotional maturity it's a kind of a heavy episode. It is featuring one of my favorite people in the world. He came back. He's been on the show a couple of times. And yeah, I've, you know, my wig is still a little bit askew from the conversation, but I think it was very, very necessary and healthy. And I hope that everyone gets something out of it. So I am going to go ahead and get that started. You guys, please enjoy. So another week and another return guest. Uh, This week I have my brother from another mother back again for what I think is going to be a very real and honest and stripped conversation. My good friend Naj, a.k.a. the Chartreuse Disaster. Hey. Welcome back, bitch. (laughs) What is your number three? Yes. Although I feel like it's been a while since you've been here, though, but it is number three. Yeah, I think we did something last year, but like. Yeah, but it's October. So last year. Oh, no, I'm sorry. It's November. So last year, it was a long time ago. A long time ago. So nearly two years ago. So I'm glad to be back. I'm Uh, here for the mess. I guess in this case, my own mess. But here for the mess nonetheless. Yes, we shall see. So let's go ahead and get things started so we can get this out of the way. (laughs) So let's start with the first segment, of course, which is one of my favorites, the queer query. Question. First question. What's a vision you have for 2019? Could be for yourself, could be for someone else. Just what do you envision for the year? money i feel like come on money either myself well definitely for myself because i um i have a bunch of things like planned for the next year um and hopefully if i do them correctly it'll gain me you know i'll be able to secure a bag either mine or someone else's but um 
Yeah, I feel like 2019 is about money. Like, because we spent all 2018 being broke, I feel like. So um, mm. I'm definitely excited to, to uh, reap the financial benefits, wherever they may come from. So, you know, how your hand starts itching when money's coming. Yeah. True, true. Um, my vision is kind of the same. So I have a big life change coming that I haven't really talked about. And uh, that'll come later in a future episode. Can't wait to hear what that's about. But that's coming and it's going to be a big way to close out 2018. So my vision for 2019 is... Honestly, some kind of newfound happiness and prosperity. That is for real. And so I'm hoping with this change will bring just new opportunities and new, mm-hmm. I don't know, everything. A new attitude. Shout out to Patty LaBelle. Yeah. Um <laughs> just something different and and hopefully it just works out and I feel better because i don't feel bad now but i i feel stuck and i have felt that way for a while so oh, i'm yeah. hoping that that will turn around and i just can prosper and of course money like listen 2018 yeah, I mean, has not been kind to my wallet so i'm claiming it now 2019 will definitely be the year that i got a little ching ching chang chang all up in my pocket <laughs> Listen, I am for both of those because Shout out to Miss Jade. Uh, <laughs> yes. I'm re- looking forward to both like happiness, prosperity, just being like in a different energy. Um come on energy, because whoo. Yes. So like I'm there with you, friend. I cannot wait and uh until twenty nineteen brings my ass because twenty eighteen has been trash. We all know it. Mm. And for us, see. anyway. Well, yeah. Shout out to everybody who's had a good, prosperous 2018. Because yeah, clearly that was not you. enough to go around. <laughs> okay. Woo-hoo. That oh. pie was real small. Yes, claiming it for 2019, we will prosper and and be happy and experience life in a different way. I'm looking yeah. forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. So Thanks. next question. If you had to become a member of the occult, which would you choose? And so we're talking witches, werewolves, vampire, fairy, whatever. Which one would you choose? Um, I would have to be a witch, or I guess in my case, a warlock, because I wouldn't necessarily be one of those witches that like use their powers for bad. I definitely would be like a good Samantha Stevens where like I jump in where I need to would mostly keep my, keep my situation under wraps, but I, I feel like I would be a witch. Um, it just seems like that, that if I had to be anything in that realm, I think that would be the most fun. Just mm-hmm. learning like new incantations and, and casting casting like spells on your brothers and sisters like to be to do pranks <laughs> or whatever i would i would be a witch or i guess a warlock again yep i agree i mean magic or at least our understanding our imagination of magic is lit 
And the other reason yeah. is because from everything that I've seen, being a werewolf sucks. At least our imagination of it. And I definitely would not want to be like immortal, like a vampire or anything, because people are trash and they will be trash through the ages. Yeah. I'm exhausted now. I'm not trying to do thousands of years with with. No, I'm good. I'm good. Loves and joy. <laughs> OK, that's good. So, I would be a witch. Give me some powers and let me live a regular, regular as length of life, maybe lengthening just a bit on behalf of being a witch slash warlock. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that never dying shit, I'm good. Like I don't yeah, know how like, I feel yeah. about death at this point, but I know that I'm not trying to have everlasting life. <laughs> like that just right because what? How much can you do? Right, like I don't <laughs> you know, especially depending on what age you you get stuck in. Okay, because I like whenever I I watch a show with that kind of stuff and the vampires get stuck being like a teenager, <laughs> so they always have to like relocate and do teenager shit. I'd be like, man, fuck that. Right. That would drive me crazy. Like have to keep going to school to keep up appearances, man. Bye. Yeah, I at some point I would just give up the girls. I'm like, I'm not I'm living in my truth. Okay. I listen. I'll be like, listen, I'm black. You know y'all can't never tell how old we are. I'm actually twenty six. <laughs> That's it. But no, that just don't sound and then it's always fighting and shit. At least the witches from what I've seen, at least they kinda get along. I don't know. Yeah. Which just seems the most lit. The other one's just too much. So I yeah, agree I'm with you there. Fairy, but I'm like, mm, I don't know only... what that would look like because we don't we don't see too many exactly examples of what that would be like. Like, what is that? The only example I can think of is like Tinkerbell and True Blood, exactly. and they was getting they were getting fucked the fuck up on True Blood. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. Right. I'm good on that. The vampires was fucking them fairies the hell up. Fucking them and then eating them. So, yeah. Mm. Okay. So, in usual fashion, the last question is usually a guest question. So, I will throw it to you and see what you got. Well, in the theme of being like visionary and optimistic about 2019, I feel like my question really thinks about. Uh, introspection and retrospection. So what's the one thing that you've learned? I guess it could be either about yourself or it could be something you've learned about something or just like some type of like overall epiphany you had. But what's one thing you learned in 2018, like this past year, looking back? Um, That's pretty easy. And it's something that I've learned about myself recently is that I am not historically as much of a risk taker as I would have thought I am. Like, I dream these things. I dream of, of this life and doing these things. But these past, what, few weeks, month, two months has really shown me that that's all I do. Like I don't take the risks to make things happen. And so it's very interesting now being in the middle of a transition into taking a big risk, but it was 
honestly kind of forced on me and I realized, okay, in order for me to like really take risks and do things, even if I have a plan in place, it's usually I need some type of historically speaking, I have, I have needed some type of push to make me take the risk. You know what I uh -huh. mean? Uh -huh. And then having that plan in place kind of takes away a little bit of it. I mean, I'm a planner, so I'm never, or I won't say never, but the likelihood of me taking a risk and it not being calculated and me not having a plan is unlikely, but Mary. there's still a difference between having a plan and calculating the risk and still actually doing it. And I realized yeah. that, especially for the last, I don't know, what years of 2018, uh, maybe five years or so, I really have not been doing anything as far as just living out loud. And I, I, mm -hmm. and I spoke to my therapist about this before he up and quit <laughs> that oh, I felt like I was just kind of here and life was just passing me by. And I know mm -hmm. with some of the things that I do, like the podcast and someone complimented me on the consistency of the podcast and all that kind of stuff, but it all is calculated in a small risk. Cause, you know what I mean? Like there's a reward because I know people are faithfully listening every week, but as far as just putting myself out there, out there, you know what I mean? Like I've gotten comfortable doing the podcast because it's almost been two years. Mm-hmm. But looking back, I'm like, what's what risks have I taken? What have I done to shake things up? What have I done to get out of my comfort zone so that I can learn and, and grow and evolve? And I came up with nothing. I, I had nothing. Yeah. You know, nothing that wasn't kind of like out of necessity. It's like, OK, did I travel? Yeah. But traveling, I mean, I was already traveling. I saw some new places thanks to work. Shout out to my old job that sent me to Alaska and all the different places that I went. But what did I do for my personal growth? What did I do that was something that was going to make me go in a different direction and make me learn? Like it was like I came up with nothing. So I think that's what I've learned. And it's recent that yeah. I have not been as big of a risk taker as I would have thought and mm -hmm. as I would like because the honest truth is you can't dream this big life and these big happenings if you are afraid or unable or talk yourself out of taking the risk like there's no reward without some type of risk even again even if it's calculated even if you have a meticulous plan as i usually do yeah that's real but what about you i'm curious to see what this answer is gonna be oh god um i think the one thing that i've like it could be twofold but i kind of already knew the first part of it um the first part is like money isn't everything and I think connected to that is, I just, connected but not really connected, but I think the second part of my life lesson for 2018 has been like, give yourself space to do what you need to do or do what you have to do or even do what you wanna do. I think I would never really just give myself space to 
just exist. And I found myself being flustered or, un- or confused or misunderstanding something in front of me. And that was just because I never really gave myself enough space to understand or, or learn from experiences. And um, I guess I tie that to the whole money isn't everything because much like your, much like what you just said, I found myself in a rut chasing money. So it was like I had two jobs. I was working like twelve to thirteen hours a day beyond that, and yes, you were. You know, it was all just like it, there was really no time to enjoy this quote unquote money I was making because again, I still live in New York, so it's not really money. It was just <laughs> it was just another level of being less poor, but still very broke. Mm-hmm. So it was like I'm running myself crazy trying to make this happen and do this. And at one point I was just like, okay, not like the money isn't as, as important as you, as you're, as you're demonstrating because you can do fine. You can live a better life with less money. That is so weird to say, especially for me, because I just said that I was hoping for money in 2019, but at the same time, I think it's about like it's really just about working smarter and not harder. So um, and just giving myself space because in April I got let go from like my full time job. So I I kind of threw myself into a tizzy because I was like, what am I going to do about money? What's going to happen? I'm going to be like I'm going to be in financial distress for years to come. And it all kind of just worked itself out before I even realized it. So it was like, it just kind of took a step, it allowed me to take a step back to say, this isn't like, losing your job isn't the end of the world. You will recover and you like, you know, you have, you did the planning, you did the work, you have money in place to, to cushion you from complete destruction. But like, give yourself time to understand like, what you know what that means for you you don't you don't you're not tied to anything anymore so look at your options so i feel like i feel like my lesson is very similar to to your i guess to the band to the to the frame of what you what you said it's just about like taking what we've learned and then kind of just i guess pushing the limits of it thinking outside of the box with what we have and seeing how how ridiculous or like how crazy something can be and see how far you can go with it. Like that's, I think that's the, my takeaway from 2018. There's probably something else more deep than that, but we'll see. No, all of that is very real, especially the part about the job and Mm -hmm. just stressing yourself, wondering how things are going to work out. Cause Lord knows I've been there more times than I would like over the past few years with the industry that I'm in being so raggedy and yeah, you know, that orange shark in the white house is not making it any better. So, but yeah, things have a way of working out. I think Mm -hmm. another lesson probably for both of us is accepting that things have a way of working out, but 
not always in the way you want or the way you envision. And that has yeah. been a struggle for me because yeah. I'm a planner. So it's like I'm planning and I'm trying to predict these outcomes. And it's like, okay, but I'm not a seer. Like that's not, I cannot predict the future. So yeah, learning how to just be okay with things like that, losing jobs and juggling money and figuring out what I'm going to do for this, that, and the other. It's just like, Something will present itself if I pay attention. Yeah. So that was a good question. And I think that's a good way to launch us into the main topic because there's going to be more introspective dialogue. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, for sure. So let's get into that. <laughs> So the main topic for this episode, I'm calling it relationship realness, and we're actually going to be talking about the aftermath of relationships. So getting into where this topic came from, I know you recently came out of relationship and it's been a while for me, but I mean, the history is there. And so what is what really inspired me to want to do this episode was I was listening to this podcast. It's a newer podcast called Hella Single, hosted by Lamont Baldwin. And I know people who listen to podcasts that are in this kind of community with Kevin Dwayne and John of the John Effect and here for it probably have seen or listened to Hella Single. So it's a podcast where this guy, at least for the first I don't know, 19 or so episodes, he would bring on guys that he either dated or maybe hooked up with at some point or was in a relationship with, and they would have dialogue about why things didn't work out and things of that nature. And so it really inspired me to say, okay, I want to have a conversation about my last relationship. Like there's no residual feelings or anything like that. I just wanted to talk about it. Mm -hmm. And originally I was going to do this with my ex, but he decided that he did not want to go into that kind of detail with his life. And I was like, that's fine. So I just put it on the back burner. But then when the things happened with you and your recent relationship, I thought, well, maybe I can shift gears and still have the conversation and just do it with someone else who, you know, has some recent experience with the breakup or maybe not even necessarily recent, but yours being recent is what triggered. Oh yeah. I have this sitting in my queue. Yeah. So here we are now we're going to talk about some of the ups and downs and the lessons that we've learned from the, whatever you want to call it, whatever kind of relationship you had, however long or short and kind of analyze that to see where we are now. Let's do it. So first talk a little bit about your emotional and your mental state after the breakup. Oh God. Um, a complete mess. Um, oh, I felt complete. like, I didn't know what to think at first. I I didn't know what was normal because I guess for me, this was my first breakup because it was my first relationship. And 
I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know what was supposed to happen. I felt like I failed. I felt like I wasted my time. I felt like I never wanted to do this again. Um, I was just frantic and I couldn't really understand what was happening in front of me, but it was just like, I, I couldn't, I, I couldn't think clearly and it just made it worse. So it was just like anxiety just started taking me from one direction to the next, thinking I made a mistake by, by breaking up with him and this, that, and the other. And I just couldn't see straight. So yeah, that was a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, ooh, I think we had way different experiences <laughs> because really? well, here and there, I, I don't think mine was as pointed as yours. I don't think I was as much of an emotional mess. Like I wasn't hemorrhaging emotional and mental energy the way you were. Mm-hmm. But I think that's because the situation was so different. Okay. And so after okay. my breakup, I had four main emotions. I felt mm-hmm. anger. Mm-hmm. And I felt anger because of the way things went down and because I felt misled. Mm-hmm. And I felt like the person did not live up to what they claimed that they wanted to be. And not mm-hmm. just in terms of the relationship and how they would be an act towards me, but just for the things that they said they wanted for themselves. Uh-huh. I felt relief because I'm... I do my best to avoid drama. Like anybody that really knows me or pays attention to me, like I don't bother nobody. I don't get in mess on Twitter. You know, you just sit there and eat your rice. I just sit here and I eat my oxtail or my (laughs) ribs or whatever. You know what I mean? Like it's very, very seldom that I'm in mess. And when I am in mess, I do my best to clean it up very quickly. Like I don't like lingering drama and all that kind of stuff. Like clean it up and let that be done so i was relieved that there was a resolution to the the mess and just the the feelings and the situation that that relationship was especially towards the end Mm -hmm. um i felt disappointment because it was a short relationship And I don't have a lot of relationship experience. I've talked about this on the show before. So that was only like my second real relationship. Mm -hmm. And it was just as short as the first one. And the first one was like a decade before. So I felt disappointment and I kind of blamed myself a little bit. It was just like, what is it with me where I just cannot get into relationships? And then when I do, they don't last, but for a few months. And it's like, I'm, you know what I mean? Like I had that war with myself. It was like, well, I'm a catch. You know, I'm a good guy. I try to be nice. I'm generous. I don't. I would not say that I'm nice, but I am kind. Yeah. Um. But it didn't work out. So I, I and I think it's just natural to be disappointed when things don't work out, especially when a relationship when you think that it will. 
and you think that this person is going to be a blessing to you and that you're going to be a blessing to them and therefore to wind up being a shitty mess you're just like this yeah. is not what i ordered though <laughs> yeah and the last feeling i had was elation and no shade but i guess shade i just felt happy again because the situation was done and i was eager to get my life back to the way it was prior to the shift that I had to make in order to accommodate that relationship. Yeah. And when I say that, I don't want to get it confused. I did not mind making that shift, but because of the way things went in the relationship, it, it was just felt like, like more of a burden, I guess. Yes. And so to have that burden relieved and, and that pressure off of my shoulders, especially towards the end when it's like we were in the same place, but we weren't speaking like it was just such a stressful situation. But it was a quiet kind of stressful. And I think people kind of forget about that or they don't give it the reverence that it deserves. Like that quiet stress eats you up just as much as the mm -hmm. loud, boisterous stress. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like the stress of coming home to a place where the energy is off, like not having peace in your home, yeah, and not having peace with the with your partner. I was glad to be out of that situation. Disappointed that it ended the way that it did, but I was glad to be out of it. Like I was very, very happy, and that's just real. Like I went through the gamut of emotions, I guess, in a very short time. Or maybe I was kind of like a process through that week. And then once that final drop was done, you know, I just felt good. I felt like walking like uh, like I was moving on up. What's the man? Sherman Hemsley. Like I was doing a Sherman Hemsley walk. <laughs> Come on, George. <laughs> because I just felt good. I was glad to be out of it, you know. Yeah. And glad for the other person too. Like it wasn't good for either one of us. So happiness on both ends, or I guess I can't speak for him whether or not he was happy, but I was happy that he too would be, was out of that bad situation. Cause it wasn't 100% one sided, of course. Right. So, you know, being mindful of what he would have been feeling and going through as well. I think I was happy for both of us, but obviously because it's me, <laughs> I can speak for myself. I was definitely happy for myself. So that was post breakup. So how is your emotional and mental state now? It's been what a couple of months since your breakup? Maybe like three months, yeah. Um I'm good. Like I He good. No. <laughs> I cannot hear that without seeing Bart Simpson. That's me. <laughs> anyway, I um, like I feel kind of that same relief you 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 mentioned, where I'm like, okay, so this happened. It sucks. It sucks that it happened, but I I have nothing left to put into this emotionally. Like, I'm not going to sit here and drag myself through 
the labyrinth of emotion about this anymore. I um, I feel like it's just like a new page. Like a lot of kind of a lot of things around me happened at the same time recently. So it's just like they are just new kind of like it's just like a new new beginning, a clean slate almost, where I'm looking, I'm putting my energy into looking forward to into what's coming up next year that I'm working on and, you know, understanding that I don't, I don't necessarily want to use the term everything happens for a reason, but shit happens, you know, like we did it. It didn't work. I don't, I'm not mad. I'm not sad. I don't like, I don't hate anybody. Um, I'm just in a great place. It's hard to actually explain because I'm typically not that person to just kind of like, like get to shake something so quickly. But I am like, I'm actually proud of myself for being so, for getting through this so quickly. So yeah, that's where I'm at. Yeah, I agree. I was surprised because a little bit after you told me about it, and we were having conversations about you dealing with it, the emotional uh turmoil and mental turmoil that you were in post breakup i was like ooh you know mm-hmm. and this came to mind but i was like ooh this is going to be a while before we can have this conversation cuz <laughs> he got a lot that he need to sort through so i didn't think it was going to be until like next april or some shit before i could be like hey you want to talk about this like is oh, wow. you, you good just because i mean i'm embellishing but still I did. I was surprised that it was so fast, and you really snapped back. And I was like, "Well, yeah. it's like, look at you! Look at this growth." <laughs> that's exactly. I think that's why I'm so happy about it because it it shows that I'm actually growing as a person. Um, it shows, like, it just shows me that. It honestly, I feel like that seeing myself in that space allowed me to apply that to other parts of my life where Mm -hmm. I was like irritated about this or not happy about that. But it all kind of allowed, it just changed my entire outlook on most of my life. So it was definitely a growing experience for me. So I am completely grateful for that. That's real. Um, My emotional and mental state after the breakup, honestly, I was... I would say I was a bit numb and because Mm -hmm. I was numb, I was taking on other people's feelings about things Mm -hmm. to a degree, not fully because depending on who I talked to, I would get a different emotion. Like if I talked to Nikki, it was anger. If I talked to, I don't know, Bree, it was kind of, relief and happiness that i was okay yeah and so i was kind of i felt a little bit like a leaf blowing in the wind but i was consistently content i guess yeah just to be out of the the situation the stress and so um but then that didn't last very long because then we started going back and forth and fighting about the details and who did what and who was to blame for this, that, and the other. And Mm -hmm. um, I'm still 
cordial with this ex. And so we've had conversations over the years because this was a good chunk of years ago. And he's matured because he's a little bit younger than me and he's learned some things and he looked back on some things and was like, ooh. And I was like, true. You know, but again, not to put it all on him because there were things that I learned about myself in that too. But the crazy part is, and I don't know what to attribute it to, but I feel like we argued back and forth about the relationship longer than the actual relationship lasted. Oh, shit. And I don't know if that was just because we had so much unresolved. Mm-hmm. I guess that's fair to say that that's probably a big factor of it. We had so much unresolved and there was so much emotion that I think we both buried at the time of the breakup. Yeah. And that's why I say I was kind of numb, but now that I'm really peeling back the layer, I think a lot of it was suppression. Uh, I, yeah. In order for me to feel numb and in order for me to feel that happiness and whatnot, I had to suppress the anger that I felt. And like I said, in the previous question like that was one of the main emotions that i felt like i was angry yeah but not to sound like the hulk but (laughs) i don't i try not to fester in anger because i i have a temper and most people probably would hear that and they would not believe it but that's just because i work to not let that temper get the best of me but depending on you know what phase of my life or what has happened around me you may have seen it like i can say nikki has definitely seen it shout out to her and that trip to new york (laughs) um or she's seen a glimpse of it you know like i at this point i've worked for so long to keep it under wraps that i don't even know what it looks like if i just fully let go like, I don't want to get off topic, but what trip to New York? Remember when we took the trip to New York and we stayed in the Airbnb and the lady was like, oh, I thought y'all weren't going to get here until nine. And we had to sit outside uh, for an hour. The, the trip when we went to that Kalachi place. Yes. Yes. Shout out to Jay because I'm going there tomorrow, actually. Yes. But yes, I remember that trip. But um, yikes. Yeah. And that was just a sliver. Like, I think she's yeah. been around me and she's seen a sliver here and a sliver there. But outside of that, so I think it was just a lot of suppression. And so over the course of that year that we argued back and forth, it leaked out. and But it, I was able to work it out. Mm-hmm. And I think it was the same for him. Like, his disappointment and his anger and whatnot and i just say i think i can't speak for him but remembering the conversations that we had i think that it took that long and it i mean it took that long just for us to get to a good place where we stopped arguing and it took longer for him to get to a place where he could admit some things that i was telling him in the midst of those arguments that he didn't want to own up to And same for me, you know, like there were some things that I had to realize that, okay, I was cruel here and I said things that I probably should not have said. And I uh, acted in ways that I probably should not have acted. Mm 
Mm-hmm. So it uh, it took a lot, but my main emotional state afterwards was just kind of like a a numbness, and I think that I masked it a lot. Like I said, because I was taking on what other people were feeling about things. Yeah. And just trying to do my best to suppress that anger. So it was kind of like a blank, a blank state, if you will. Yeah, no, I, I get that. Um, I think I've dealt with that after like the first week. I just kind of like ignored literally everything. So it's like none of this is happening. Life is not real. So I'm just going to float through it. So that's definitely, I feel like, shit, I feel like that's one of the stages of grief. <laughs> Right. And that's true, because I remember my my therapist saying that about a different situation, but I didn't realize it is that, you know, when you break up with someone, when you when a relationship ends, you do go through the stages of grief. Now, what order they're in, who knows? But right. Or at least you should like you still grieve that severed connection. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we talked about our emotional and mental state post breakup and. Now, or I guess some period of time after the relationship in my case. So what do you think you learned from the experience? Um, I think it taught me, I guess, how I interact in, like, how I behave in a relationship, like, sharing, sharing so much time with someone, um, you know, sharing so much space with someone, energy, and the sort. Um, I think that was one of the biggest things I learned. And it just really gave me a better insight into how I interact with people in general. Um, I was able to, like, just getting feedback from him or just, like, being introspective, introspective and observing uh, my own behaviors. I just learned, I just feel like I've learned how I interact with people and and how to improve those interactions. Just like some sometimes I do, I tend to make facial expressions or certain body language that just alludes to something to uh, me. Well, I guess it, it sometimes indicates that I'm uncomfortable or annoyed by something, and that's typically not the case. So now I'm more conscious of those little micro expressions and little behaviors that I do and how to perceive them so that I can better communicate with people both I guess verbally and not verbally. Fair. Um honestly I would say at the time I don't think I needed to or let me rephrase. At the time I didn't think I needed to learn anything which typical trash is like i am the wronged party and i didn't do anything wrong and mm -hmm. everything that i did was right so i don't have no lessons to learn that was this is this is your lesson to learn but in time of course i learned different things about myself again i learned a little bit about my temper mm -hmm. i learned about my my capacity to be mean mm -hmm. even if it was in a loving 
way or trying to be loving, kind of like a. Yeah. I'm, I care I'm, about you, so you gonna listen, bitch. Well, not only that, but it's like I'm saying these awful things to you, or I'm presenting information in a bad way that I'm sure is going to hurt your feelings, but I'm doing it out of love. You know what I mean? Like tough love yeah. type thing. But yeah. then realizing after the fact, like I would not want my partner to do that to me. Yeah. And I didn't know that I had the capacity to do that to someone else until I went through that relationship. Mm -hmm. And it's like, even if I meant what I said, I did not mean it with ill intent. But yeah, that's fair after the fact it's too little too late like the damage is already done mm -hmm. and so i had to mature and grow and learn that i can't just be reckless about the mouth even if i have good intentions even if if i'm trying to motivate you and push you to do something that i want you to do or something that you said yourself you want to do i have to take responsibility for that delivery and at the time, I, I did not, but it took, you know, like I said, that year of arguing back and forth or however long we were, finally, I, I realized that because he brought that up a specific instance a couple of times. And at first, I was kind of dismissive of it because it was like, but it was still because it was in petty mode, still angry, still going tit for tat. But once I yeah. learned and I processed, then it was more like, okay, I can understand and I can relate and i can realize that yeah that was fucked up and i wouldn't want somebody to do that i should have i should have presented it in a better way so that was a couple of things that i learned uh the main thing that i learned though is that i am not as patient in a relationship as I thought I would. Now, I've always known Ooh. that I have patience in some areas and none in other areas. Mm -hmm. So, like, for instance, I have the patience to teach. I do not have the patience for students. Oh, yeah, that's fair. I get that. I remember when I was a teenager and my mom was taking, like, continuing education classes and... I would help her out with stuff, you know, math or whatever, before I got bad at math. <laughs> and, you know, she was frustrated and struggling and cussing and wanting to throw the book and everything. And I'm just like, calm down. Like, girl, what is you even doing? Like, just breathe and do mm -hmm. what I'm saying. Like, and she, you know, was able to pass her classes and whatever she was doing. And she was just like, you have so much patience. You should be a teacher. And I was like, now let me stop you there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because having the patience to teach and having patience with children, especially children I'm not related to, are two different things. Right. And you can have a little bit more patience with an adult because hopefully they conduct themselves as such. Mm-hmm. But I did not because I didn't have that relationship experience. The only experience I had was, quote unquote, dating and hookup culture and whatever else I was going through. I did not know that I didn't have a lot of patience when it came to my partner, especially when I'm annoyed or upset or disappointed. Yeah, like that, that mean Gemini twin came out real quick, <laughs> you know. He mm -hmm. came out to play like usually he's on ice, 
but he came out real quick and I didn't even realize it until after the fact. So, yeah. But let's switch gears a little bit. And let's talk about growth. So we've talked about what we've learned. What areas did you identify that you needed improvement as far as being someone's romantic partner? Uh, I feel like this is very common, but communication. Um, it's weird because I go through a lot of my day not necessarily having to communicate on a like per- interpersonal level. Like I typically just communicate for work. That's easy. Mm-hmm. But communicating emotions and feelings, and basically, um, I'll get I'll actually get a little more specific. Um, communicating in terms of like speaking up for myself is one of the things that I learned that I need to improve upon. Um, as talking about things I wanted to do, talking about things I didn't like, um, certain things, certain I was treated this way and I didn't like that. I enjoy this. So I feel like I just needed to learn how to speak up for myself a lot more, but overall communication, just saying, just saying what's on my mind. Yeah, fair. I think, you know, we stress communication a lot, but I don't think we have a lot of conversations where we can pinpoint a time when we realize, okay, I actually need to work on my communication because it's Mm -hmm. easy to say now. It's like, okay, like I know how to communicate and I say what the fuck I mean. I'm a strong black Pokemon. Don't need no trainer. But (laughs) (laughs) You know? Yeah that conversation and that journey of how did I get to this point where I know how to communicate? Well, it didn't just come like, it's not that many people who just know how to communicate like that out of the gate. Yeah. And it all depends on context too, because I can listen when it comes down to talking about something at work, if it's a project that's due, if I need to talk to a client, I listen, I will say what needs to be said, but I'm technically very, um, unconfrontational because I just really don't have time for the mess and I don't like people to see the the ugly side of me, kind of what you were mentioning earlier. I don't like people to see the ugly side of me. So I feel like my version of mitigation and 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 damage control is just not saying shit. Because if I do say something, it's gonna be ugly. So I I I've that's kind of come back to bite me in the ass because I don't I've then just become very not passive, but I've just become very quiet when I probably shouldn't be, all for the sake of I'm not trying to ruffle no feathers because I'm not trying to ruffle no feathers, so to speak. But um, yeah, that's I, fair. Um, yeah, I think a lot of people fall victim to that where there are areas in their life where they know how to communicate and they are top notch. But a lot Mm -hmm. of people struggle with communicating as far as their personal needs and their personal wants, especially with family or significant others. So I'm glad you brought that point up. And then if you're like me, I don't ever have to really communicate a need or a want to anybody because I'm typically the one that's going to fulfill that need anyway. Right. So it's like, what am I telling you for? Because you're not going to do shit about it. Yeah. Not to be like crash or whatever, but like, it's like, if I need something, there's really nobody that I have to communicate with to get that need fulfilled. But that was different in terms of a relationship. And I guess, you know, that's, I guess the being my first, I just needed to learn that 
overall. So it just kind of, I just took it a bit further and spread it out across my whole life. Yeah. And I think that goes to say about being independent and being so used to being independent and used to Mm -hmm. not relying on anybody for anything that that's how you feel. That's how you come across. Or in my case, you're so used to being the person that people depend on for things that it's difficult to communicate what it is that you want and what you need. Yeah. And I don't really have much to add. I think you hit everything on the head and (laughs) my area of improvement was the same effective communication. Like there were times where I can admit that I was choosing to be petty and not communicate effectively and not demanding effective communication in return. Just mm-hmm. taking whatever scraps that I was given and then being petty and giving scraps or giving nothing in return. Mm-hmm. So how did you go about achieving growth in these areas? Like, how did you after you identified, OK, I need to communicate more effectively? How have you actually implemented that? Because you said you kind of spread it through other areas of your life. How have you gone about achieving that? Well, I, I really just had, it really just came down to me just reviewing how I communicate with people to begin with. And it's like, okay, well, how do you interact with people in every situation where it comes? Like, how do you, how do you talk to the cashier? How do you talk to your coworker? How do you talk to your mother? And then it's, then I would, I spent some time kind of just evaluating the way that I interacted with people and I started changing the way that I talk. I just started changing the way that I talk to people. I would, if there was something that was on my mind, I would say it. If somebody asked me a question, I would not be as reticent to tell them how I felt about it. And I also stopped being really worried about coming off as too abrasive because I don't really think that, I, I feel like I overthink, overthink that trait about myself. I don't think I'm as, a, I think I'm more abrasive than I probably really am. So it's just like kind of understanding that communication is really going to get get me what I want, especially when I can't get it myself. Um, I just got really started pushing myself to reach those those corners of communication where I was lacking. Okay, um, for myself, I really tasked myself with choosing my words more carefully to express mm-hmm. exactly what I want to say. Um, Cause I don't know if you can attest to it, but earlier in our acquaintance, I definitely was not as careful with my words. Like now, usually I would say probably 98% of the time when I say something, I've structured whatever I said in a way that is going to, say exactly what I want to say and should not be interpreted any other way. Yes. Now I'm not perfect, but usually that's how it goes. Yeah. And that's everywhere. That's at work. That's with friends. That's with, I don't know. I don't want to say potential suitors because ain't in, but (laughs) you know, anybody that I come across, it's like, I, when I say something, I said exactly what I meant. Yes. Come on, Nini. I said what I said. I said Um, what I said and I meant what I meant because words mean things. Shout out to Crystal. Yeah. Shout out to her. Um, And you know, the one place that I had to really like 
get get down to business when it came to communication. That goddamn iMessage because I would be so worried about responding timely, I would not really say what I wanted to say. So now I should be, I would take up to an hour to respond. I know that's trash of me, but I feel like I need to deliberate more on what I'm saying to people so that what I'm saying is not misconstrued because I I had to respond to you in 30 seconds. Um Fair. You know, like that was one of the biggest areas where I've improved. And I feel like the messages are more are more well received when I take a few minutes to, to think about what I want to say. That includes like typing up a whole thing and deleting the hell out of it and then typing it all over again. But I feel like the the, the communication flows easier if it's more deliberate. That's fair. And I think that's an interesting topic of conversation because there's a lot of um what's the word <clears throat> there's just I've, I've heard that a lot you know people complaining about oh, people don't like to talk on the phone they just like to text and da 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 but I think there is some benefit in what you just said and that sometimes text you have that opportunity to take your time and really craft what you want to say, because honestly, we can be having a conversation on the phone and just because that's you're used to just speaking, 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 you start mm-hmm. speaking out of you potentially start speaking out of turn, saying things you may not mean or saying things that you might regret. Whereas with the text, you might have that time to be like, you know what? I shouldn't send this. Let me think on it. Let me sleep on it. Now, that's also a testament of needing to learn how to improve your communication skills because you should be able to have a voice to voice conversation and not yeah, take things Absolutely. left. But everybody is not there. And and everybody's not there. When you realize that that's something that you do via text, you realize okay, this is an area for improvement. Mhm. Absolutely. So, what else do you still need to work on? Um, just in general yeah i'm going to use one of my mother's phrases and this includes myself but it's kind of what i was saying earlier about the thing i learned about myself this year but basically giving people space like allowing people to like give allowing people to be where they are and i say that to say sometimes i can be I, I have these expectations of others that I sometimes shouldn't. And, you know, while some of them I'm not really going to compromise on, there are some that I probably should compromise on. And that said, I think it's what, what I would like to do better in my next relationship is allow that person to be where they are. Um, you know, we as people come from two different places in life even if they're the same and entering into a relationship with this person meaning you're going to spend 75 to 85 percent of your time with this other person that there are just certain things there are certain characteristics about them even myself i feel like i in saying that i one of the things that i need to be 
more lenient with myself is not being so hard on myself about things or having these hard and fast rules about what I expect in a relationship and what I am willing to tolerate the things that I don't want to see and like these deal breakers that that you know I mean Twitter but like these rules that I've conjured up at collected over the course of my life and I think this needs to be what an ideal relationship is or is not for me I think I need to be more understanding that everybody is not going to do everything I want. And I think I need to be understanding of, I'm also a person that is changing day by day. So it's okay to be lenient in some places where where you might need to see another perspective. So it's kind of really just like to boil that down to say, it's got to see both sides. Mm. You know what? That's a word, especially coming from you, knowing you as well <laughs> as I do. <laughs> Just going to be honest and lay that out there first and foremost. And um, as a person that's better, being better at communication, I'm going to receive that. Come on, reception. <laughs> For myself, what do I need to work on? I think, and I'm sure that this has come across on the podcast because I've gotten this feedback and I've had a few friends um, attempt a weird collection Mm-mm. In regards to this, but I really need to work on my apathetic disposition, I think, towards dating in general and men in general. You should. Mm-hmm. Because, and I'm going to receive that <laughs> as well. I know, I am aware, I am conscious <laughs> of it. But, and I don't want that to be confused with because people hear me be like, okay, you know, whenever I say love, I'd be like, yuck, and all that kind of stuff, which I mean, I'm not putting on. I'm, I don't have any, I don't know, I don't, I guess I don't have any love for it, but that doesn't mean I'm anti love. Like, I'm not just like, uh, never come near me, never touch me, don't like yeah. me, don't, don't breathe, just don't be, don't exist. Like, I am open to it, but I think I'm still at this place where I need to be convinced. Yeah. And that's real. That is okay. I no argument. It's it's a difficult position to have where it's like you want to be open to it, but you need to be convinced. But then you don't. I think it 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 kind of puts up a block. So you're not really going to get necessarily people that are willing to do that work to convince mm-hmm. you so it's kind of like a you stuck because it's like i need to be convinced but this wall is up and so somehow some way in some cosmic irony the people the men that i attract are not going to be the ones that want to do that labor of convincing me and I'm not saying you gotta sweep me off my feet, you don't have to take me on yacht dates or anything like that. Right. But overall, you don't want a $200 date. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if it's on the table, I'm not gonna say no, but okay. More so, my point is being cognizant of the fact that it is difficult for men to display their emotional maturity, Mm -hmm. that is the convincing that I need. Mm -hmm. And so even if a guy has good intentions, it's difficult to see because we are just not good at presenting that up front. I don't even really know what that looks like, to be honest. Yeah. 
because that's not really something that you discover until you like it takes conversation and peeling back layers and and Mm -hmm. having that honesty to gauge whether or not someone has that emotional maturity but at the same time it's like i'm not attracting anyone that wants to put in time so i'm kind of in this limbo of but i think it's both I, i can't be I can't put the energy out that I do about relationships and meeting someone. And then at the same time, be like, well, I got this wall up that you need to scale Humpty Dumpty. Like I can't have it both ways. And I realize that, but I have not done that work to dismantle the feelings that I have. Yeah, I, I can agree with that. Um, You, you, mm mm-hmm. (laughs) okay so to wrap this part up let's turn the lenses towards each other so i'm gonna throw it to you first and i'm gonna say what growth if any have you seen in me now think back to when i got out of that relationship and the time after and i guess up to now i feel like i honestly feel like you've gained tolerance and I guess to a certain point, I think what the one thing I've noticed is you, you will at least entertain some shit. Even, I mean, it may be complete bullshit, but you'll entertain it before you dismiss it a lot longer, which I think is, I think is great because, you know, people are, are people and sometimes they need a little tolerance and patience. Not saying everybody deserves it. But I feel like you do lend tolerance and patience to those that that show they deserve it or are just not trying to make a mockery out of out of your intelligence. So I definitely feel like that's one thing I've seen change change over time with you, um, which allows for you to, I guess, be more open to um, to interactions as they come. So kind of a twofold thing. Mm, okay. Okay. Ooh, um, what growth have I seen in you? Oh, God. Listen, from the Naj that I met however many years ago, how many years we've been friends, up until the Naj that has been trying to date over the past two years, up to the Naj that has just recently got out of this relationship, I swear it's like the metamorphosis of a butterfly. It was just crazy to see that because I I was not expecting it. And then as you mentioned earlier, seeing you juggle and, and learn things throughout the dating process and compromise with guys and where you shouldn't compromise and Mm -hmm. those deal breakers and seeing you because I, from the outside looking in, obviously I can look at it and be like, okay, these deal breakers that you are coming up with, like these are silly, but I can't, I can't tell you that because you're not going to receive it. I have to wait for you to make that realization for yourself. And so seeing you go through that process and make that finally get to the point where you start making that realization, I was like, okay, this is real growth. Like your communication, just your openness and your willingness, I think is the biggest piece of growth that growth that I've seen. Oh, wow. Like, going from negative 365 
to where you are now in terms of being willing to meet and interact and just hell just admitting that you want companionship oh yeah was i guess i never really noticed it but you're absolutely right that is so crazy yeah i mean again from the outside looking in obviously but and this is one of those reflective things where you look back and be like "Ooh, ooh, the ghetto yes but (laughs) yeah now it's just like okay you're you're there like i can see you being in a better place now because you've done that work and you've done that growth and you've done trial and error to figure out Mm -hmm. what it is that you like and what you don't like and what you will and won't tolerate i can see you pursuing or being you know open to a healthy relationship whereas before it never would have worked like even when you first started making that change i was like that's all fine and dandy friend but (laughs) you're not going to attract what you want giving out the energy that you're giving out it just is not going to work and it didn't it didn't you know it didn't until you made that change so i guess it's not really any specific things it's just i've been very cognizant of the overall growth um like it's like pokemon evolution like you definitely have well amen yeah so definitely in a different headspace and even but just to give you your props i mean the growth that i've seen and just in these past few months since the breakup because i honestly expected you to again not trying to tug your wig too much but <laughs> i honestly expected you to kind of wallow in the misery for longer than you did and so i was very i was surprised i was happy i was elated that you turned into you know an independent woman like real quick you was like oh i'm good <laughs> you know it was like i got what i needed i learned what i needed to learn i've said what i needed to say i've listened to all that i care to listen to i'm good i yeah. was like holly to the loo <laughs> i was like my friend to turn over a new leaf because a few years ago woo-hoo. Oh God! Like, listen, a a few years ago, you would have been getting left on red a couple times. I would have been like, "Girl, now, girl, come on." (laughs) That is fair. Like, like, I'm here for you, but you, you, you doing too much. And no, that's fair. And I'm glad to like. I again, I never even like paid attention to it. It It's just like it just felt right to do something differently. And you know, I feel like I feel like. I mean, this is no shade to other places that I've lived, but I feel like living in such a densely populated place like New York forced me to do that in some ways. And, you know, um, it just kind of all came full circle at one point and I didn't even realize it. So it's just good to be in that type of place, especially where your friends and if you notice it, I'm pretty sure many other people have noticed it. So mm-hmm. I just like I had no idea, and I just kind of I was so busy, kind of in my head, I didn't even realize it was happening in front of my face. So, amen, I'm with it. Yeah, you definitely kept yourself busy, and you were on the move, but the work was happening behind the scenes, and mm-hmm. 
I think you just kind of went from A to Z unaware of the journey, but arriving and thriving at the destination nonetheless, if that makes sense. Yeah. Come on. So indeed. So let's wrap this up um, with some parting thoughts and any overall lessons that you feel like you have learned from your recent dating experience, relationship experience, et cetera, et cetera? Honestly, um, I think the like, the overall, the overarching theme, I think, in my growth from this one specific instance, um, be patient with both myself and the other person. Um, I think that goes a long way because being patient opens you. I feel like it just kind of opens your senses up to so many other things. When you're not patient, you're not really in the mind space to be attentive or thoughtful or just listening or just noticing little things. So being patient and understanding that some people are going to go faster than you and some people are going to go slower than you and being flexible to Meet them where they are. It, I think, it goes a long way. Yep. Um, I agree with the patience. I talked about that a little bit before. You know, like I said, realizing I wasn't as patient mm-hmm. as I thought I was. Um, something that I didn't touch on. I realized that I can definitely be passive aggressive, which is funny because it's something that I detest being done to me. but (laughs) I can admit that when I was in that situation I I had barriers up and I there were things going on so I felt like even if I did communicate it wouldn't be received Mm -hmm. and so that all kind of manifested itself in some real trash ass passive aggressive behavior yeah. And it was some something that I didn't know I was capable of because I had never really been in that situation. And yeah. there's a difference because I, you know, I can feel <laughs> a friend or someone rolling their eyes like you didn't know you could be passive aggressive. And there's a difference between being passive aggressive and being petty. I fully admit that I can be P to the E to the T T Y. Shout yeah. out to Tamar. <laughs> You know, I know that I can be I have a propensity for pettiness. Yeah. And I try not to let that out too much, but I didn't really passive aggressive is something that you kind of do, at least in my opinion, without really realizing that you're doing it. Whereas mm-hmm. being petty is a Absolutely. conscious decision. It's a choice. Yeah. And so I had to realize and be cognizant of the fact that I do have that ability and I needed to be aware of it. Um, And then the last thing I kind of touched on it was just my words. And Mm -hmm. the, the lesson really was that I can't expect people close to me. And this is relationship, family, whatever. I can't expect people close to me not to be hurt by my words just because we're close. Right. It's unfair for me to assume that my significant other is going to just, quote unquote, get it no matter what I say. Like the delivery still matters that 
need for tact doesn't go away just because we're dating and we're sharing a bed or whatever the case may be. Right. And that was something that I had to learn because I've just had this mindset that, well, we're dating, so you should know me. So you should know that when I say X, Y, Z, what I mean is Z, Y, X. Is that, well, that's Mm -hmm. not fair. You know, I can't expect someone just because we have decided to be in a relationship not to take me at face value anymore. Right. Especially if I'm saying something that I know is hurtful. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So, ooh, I need a nap now. <laughs> Listen, I haven't gone through, I haven't gone through any of this in years, and I'm still kind of wiped out emotionally, just recalling and shit. Tugging yeah, my own wig. Yeah, it's uh, listen. Emotional labor is exhausting. It's so necessary, but it is exhausting. Like we have to be honest about that. Like it can it can take its toll, but the benefits far outweigh the feeling of of exhaustion and what and the whatever else you go through to get there. Like the the coming out of it with clear things that you need to work on and just lessons mm-hmm. and just knowing yourself a little bit better. It's so worth it. It's so worth it. And honestly, you bless other people. Like the better, you know yourself, the better you are to other people. Exactly. Unless you like evil, in which case, I mean, okay. The, the better, you know yourself, the more evil you're going to be to people. But you know, just in general terms, the better, you know yourself, the better partner you're going to be. Mm-hmm. And that other person is going to be able to enjoy you that much more because they don't have to sift through all of the layers to find the real. Precisely. Okay. Well, that's going to wrap up this conversation. Naj, my good friend, my brother, thank you for coming onto the show and laying your shit out to bear. <laughs> Listen, this was um, this was eye opening. It was cathartic. cathartic. Yes, God, it was definitely was. Even like I said, even though this stuff for me has been buried for a while, but it still mm-hmm. feels good to look back and and just know that I've improved, even when yeah. I didn't think that there was any area for me to improve. Right, and that's you know? a big step. Indeed, indeed. So tell people where they can find you. Um, I mean, I just be on Twitter talking shit. Um, you can put my name in the description, but it's pronounced fuckologist, but it's spelled differently. So let's check the description for the for for the spelling of my Twitter handle. Um, I'm on Instagram as Chartreuse Disaster, which is in the title. Um, yeah, so come watch me talk shit about cars and food and post random sightings around New York. True, true, true. All of that will be in the show notes and you guys can catch up with him and catch up with me on the Twitter or the Instagram. Maybe the Facebook if I feel like it, but until then, until the next conversation and the next time that you're on the show. Yes. Well, I'm going to see you next week anyway, so the next conversation is going to be real soon. But Listen. the next time I'm on the show, it's going to be some moment. Correct. <laughs> <laughs>
All right, so that wraps up another episode. You guys can go to GaySideStories.com. That is the hub for information about the show, guests, and myself. All things under the Gay Side Stories umbrella should be at the website. You can email any questions or suggestions, listener letters, or anything of that nature to GaySideStories at gmail.com. If you have a little bit of time and you like what I'm doing, you are enjoying the show and the direction that I'm trying to take it in as we count down to 100 episodes, then please go over to Apple Podcasts and leave a rating five stars, please. And if you especially love me, you can write out a review. It doesn't have to be long, but just something that lets people know that you enjoy this show and that they should check it out. I appreciate everyone that retweets and posts about the show and interacts when they hear something. It really does mean a lot to me and it helps keep me going. So I would appreciate if you guys continue to do that and encourage you to do so even more. Like I said, you can always reach out to me. You can DM me on Instagram or Twitter. You can DM the show on either of those. You can like the Facebook page. Um, you can get in touch with me all kinds of different ways. I do my best to try to answer them. Although sometimes I will admit it seems like DMs uh, disappear sometimes. And I don't know if that's people retracting them before i get a chance to open them or if i'm just losing my mind could be a combination of the two who knows anyway remember you can also find me on ratchet ramblings with jeremy and candace that's over on the cspn network and basically that's just a shit talking fest so if you want to hear a little bit more of my i don't really call it this but my friends call it this, my comedic side, I guess, then listen to Ratchet Ramblings. And if you watch shows like Real Housewives of Atlanta, uh, Growing Up Hip Hop Atlanta, then that definitely is the show for you. If you don't, you might still get a laugh out of it. You may not. Either way, check us out. And as always, I thank everyone for listening. I went through the whole spiel at the beginning of the show, but I really do appreciate you guys listening and sharing and just helping me build a community and allowing me to be a part of the community with my fellow podcast brethren and sistren and everything in between however they identify i'm with all of that i'm just happy to be here i'm glad to be here i'm surprised that i'm still here but i am still here shout out to tisha campbell no martin not anymore anyway uh, I think that's it. So as always, you guys remember to love yourself and protect your walls. Doesn't matter how you identify you have some type of walls and they need protection. All right. You must protect this house. What was that old com uh, commercial? Was that Under Armour where they were going crazy? I think they were drill. Anyway, protect your walls or they will crumble. And I will see you guys next week. <laughs>